you got to take the lesson and the stuff he's saying and say, how can I apply this? Bitching about it doesn't change it. So that's that's a huge thing to take from Tim's story is that like you just got to figure it out no matter what no matter what your starting point is whether you're starting at the back of the pack or the front. You got to go and figure that out. And the key is mindset. Like that's it. Like if you change your mindset, everything else is just a, looks totally different. So I spent the last like $500 I had to go see you and I literally slept in my van in the parking lot because it saved because it saved gas because I was counting gallons of gas and it saved a hotel because I learned from when I was a professional musician if you want it bad enough you will literally bleed for it and my bleeding for it was sleeping in my van freezing my ass off in the parking lot of your course and trying to soak up every single thing I could learn to then take back to serve my people the best. This is Maestro on the Mic. A podcast designed to help you change your mindset and your life. It is time for something new. Join host Dr. Shante Cofield, also known as the Movement Maestro, on a journey to see the bigger picture. Open your eyes. Find your passion and discover how movement unites us all. Let's get it popping. This is Maestro on the Mic. I'm the Maestro, and you're about to get maestro Three, two, one. Hey guys, Maestro here, and welcome back to another episode of Maestro on the Mic. Today I have with me a guest that I am just absolutely, like, I'm at a loss for words with how pumped I am to have this guy on. I met him just a few months ago. Uh, I met him a year, two years ago in his class, but really met him and got to know him about earlier this year when he took one of my courses, and he has just skyrocketed, exploded, blown the fuck up. I It was only a matter of time before I got him on the show. I'm not going to tell you his whole story. I'm going to leave that to him. So without further ado, welcome to the show, my good friend, recent grad, Dr. Tim Wu, a.k.a. SoCal Bike PT. Welcome to the show, my dude. Shantae, what's up? It's uh, seriously a dream come true to be on here. This is incredible. I'm so excited. I'm ready. Dude, <laughs> this guy right here is the epitome of doubling down, yeah. believing in yourself, and going all in. This guy, mm. when he came to my course, he fucking slept in his car. And not because he's like a homeless guy, <laughs> but he, he, he rides around, he travels and does bike races, and he has a whole setup in his car. And he was like, yeah, so I figured I would just stay. And I was like, dude, this is the definition of commitment. commitment. You are incredible, Tim. Such an incredible guy. I'm, I'm so pumped to have you on. Why don't you tell us, introduce yourself. Tell us, tell us who you are. Yeah, what's up, y'all? So my name's Dr. Tim Wu. I am the SoCal Bike PT, but I wasn't always that. Um, my journey over the past 10 years since like graduating high school has been like the craziest roller coaster of all time. And has finally brought me to where I am today. And I'm living basically the best life that I've ever envisioned. And I never thought I would be at this point. And it basically took that whole freaking 10 years to even get to this point and then now beyond. So like, I don't know how far back do you want me to go? Like the beginning? Like, Well, yeah. I would love for you to start with a little bit about like your background within the music world. That's 
seemingly different, right? but like has so much application to what you're doing now. Yeah. So um, right out of high school, I had initially actually enlisted in the United States Marine Corps and went like and got an ROTC scholarship to a UC Berkeley, like full ride. Like there's a picture somewhere wow, of me I didn't holding. Know this. Yeah, there's a picture of me somewhere holding like a fatty like two hundred fifty thousand dollar check for like free college, and I'm like, tight, this is cool. But then like, uh, you know, they send you the contract, and you're like, wow, um, that's a lot of time to just be like committed to this one thing. And wow. I'm 17. I don't know about that. So I went to music school instead, and I happened to get into Berkeley College of Music in Boston, which, if you know, music schools is like the most legit music school around. So I like packed up, moved to Boston as an 18 year old with basically my suitcases and uh, spent two years playing uh, drums like professionally. And I studied actually music business. And that's where I actually started to learn some of the like business side of stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, you have a band and they have fans and how do you leverage an audience to get people to buy tickets to your show? And like, all these kind of things are like, wow, these are kind of cool concepts. So then I was like, cool, let's start a rock band and do all these things. And so we did. And it was called Hollow Vixen because I don't know, that sounds cool. <laughs> and uh, we like toured on the East Coast in New York. And then we drove across the country and toured in like freaking Iowa and then like the, the West Coast. And like I lived that rock star life for a little bit means I really just played to a lot of empty rooms, and like slept in our trailer. What? Yeah, but we started to learn the, you know, the fundamentals of like, hey, if you want something really bad, you really got to like bleed for it. And I didn't want it bad enough. I kind of learned like, this is cool, but this kind of sucks as a job. Um, But what I really loved while I was going to school for music and playing drums was I had a student employment job where I worked at this community outreach center in like this hood of Boston called Jamaica Plain. And I taught free drum lessons to like kids in an after school program to like keep them out off the streets and like not being gangs and shit like that. And that was my favorite job. It was like I actually liked teaching the music and like influencing their lives more than me going to shows and like performing on stage, even though I learned how to perform yeah. and I love performing. And so that's where I kind of fell in love with like teaching people stuff. And that's yeah. when I started actually riding bikes like I was way out of shape I didn't work out and I was like cool I got to get to this job that's a couple miles away I got to take the train every day train's slow it's expensive but if I just buy a bike I can I can pedal my out of shape ass over there and save a couple bucks (laughs) and so I started riding as a commuter that's where the bike thing came in and then you know I was like I'm not going to be a professional musician I don't I don't want to bleed enough for this I understand the concept that if you want something bad enough you truly have to freaking bleed for it so I was like, nah, I'm going yeah. to ditch this. I don't like winter anyways. I moved back to California <laughs> in 2010 and uh, started up at community college to become like a science teacher. Wow. So I was like, you know, 20 going to school at community college, like, quote, taking a step back from a four year, getting all shamed upon for like stepping backwards in that yeah. whole progression. And I started taking classes on like, you know, anatomy and physiology and sciences and riding my bike and I started actually riding and racing bikes around you know 2011 so I was like cool I want to be a teacher I like racing bikes life is dope but then it wasn't dope because I like had a job as a swim instructor and I dislocated my shoulder like super bad and it required like surgery like full-on reconstruct my right shoulder and I was like 
this sucks. <laughs> and so yeah. I had never really been hurt before. Like I had been a gymnast for like 10 years and never hurt my shoulder. But they're like something about how like, you know, your shoulder's super lax and that's why it happened. I was like, well, I don't know any of this. Like just rehab me. So like I had the surgery on like the, the city's dime because I was a city employee. Thanks work comp. And then, you know, started doing my rehab um, and still going to community college and still trying to ride bikes. And during that rehab time, that kind of like traditional story of most PTs, yeah. like, hey, I got hurt. And then I went to rehab and like my PT was awesome. And now I want to do that. It's not exactly how I did. I was just like, cool, PT seems cool. <laughs> I still want to be a okay, teacher. Okay. Yeah. But what actually got me is about that same time, my mom, who's amazing, had like ruptured a tendon in her hand and she had like a hand surgeon transpose like something from like the front to the back and she did this crazy rehab with this hand specialist and I was her caregiver you know she's disabled so I took her to all her PT appointments okay and from that side of it was like okay here's my mom who thought like her life was freaking over with like her hand being all jacked up and here's Chris that's his name Chris the PT the hand specialist who just like educated her and totally served her and basically worked with her one-on-one because he was a specialist and i got to see how this dude like completely changed my mom's life and make made her feel empowered again by like just teaching her the way and like giving her hope and i was like okay that's extra dope i want to do that like why should i you know how that's how i can influence people's lives and i was like all right well i want to become a pt now so i did my rehab and then the clinic that i did my rehab at basically like a PT mill, which is cool. They turn out like 250 yeah, people yeah, a day. That was my, that was my exposure yeah, to it. Him. Yeah. It's it tight. They, they fixed me, but I was like, Hey, uh, can I like, can I work here? And they're like, no, but you can volunteer <laughs> and you can do laundry no. and you can clean up messes and you can like file paperwork. And I was like, okay, but do I get to like hang out here and like talk to the PTs and learn? They're like, Oh yeah, that's cool. As long as everything is clean. I was like, well, I can clean, All right. but now I have access to the people and I can start yeah. picking their brains. So bam, started volunteering there and uh, just started doing whatever I needed to do. I did all the grunt work. Like you're never too good to take out the trash. And I learned that really quickly. So yeah. I, Tim, yeah. I got a question. Yeah. Throughout this whole thing, were you never scared of like not having money or were you okay with like, living a different kind of life like the whole time i'm like this story is blowing my mind and i'm like i don't think i could do this because it sounds like how are you surviving how do you have money Tim? uh didn't man i was working like i was working at the bike shop at the same time as volunteering at a pt clinic so i was making like a couple bucks here working at the bike shop i was actually i, I was hustling drum lessons on the side i would like sell shit on yes. craigslist like Yes. If you yes. if you want it, you will find a way to make some money. So I was like, well, this is in my garage. I don't need that. I can sell that. That makes me 50 bucks to cover this so I can go race or and vice versa. I just started doing a bit of that. And so I think the whole entrepreneur mindset of solving your way through a problem yes. has been ingrained out of necessity from the beginning. There you go. Bingo. And, and just <laughs> part of you. Like, I think this is a really important part of your story for people to listen to and hear like, the stuff that you're doing now and the success you're doing that you're having now yeah. is it started then. Oh, yeah. This this is in you and how you're yeah. like, oh, I'm going to figure it Eight out. I'm going to pull from here and pull this. Oh, yeah. Like this makes so much 
sense. So you are now scrubbing the toilets at the PT mill. Yeah, I mean, Go like ahead, literally, <laughs> like I had to clean like shit off the floor. I actually had to clean up a dead yeah. dead animal that was outside the clinic. People are complaining about, and they're like, "Tim, you're low on the totem pole. Clean this up." And my answer was like, "All right, let's do that because I want to make sure our patients have yeah. a good experience." My role here is to ensure that I'm not above doing this. And I've always kept that mindset. Like if you serve the mission of like, we're here to serve our people, then whatever you do isn't beneath you. If it serves that mission, I kind of learned that back then anyways. So yeah. I was a, as an aide and being a bike mechanic for about four years from like 2011 to about 2015. And in that time, it was just a slow churn through like, get out of community college and, and upgrade to the, <clears throat> to the university of Laverne, go Leo's where I opted in to do like the movement and sports science degree, which is like kinesiology, quote unquote, but like not anyways. <laughs> so I started doing that. And then I was like, started to learn about biomechanics and like the human body. And I was like, okay, this is really cool. Like, are you telling me like, we just learn all this stuff and then you can influence that. And so in school, I found myself focusing on everything that we would learn I would just find myself relating it back to cycling. So like, they're like, Hey, do a research project. Okay. I was like cycling project. Hey, do a biomechanics project. I was like cycling project. Like, Hey, do exercise okay. physiology, exercise physiology testing. I was like, sweet bike riders. Like that was like yeah. ingrained in it. And um, during this time, like when I was working at the clinic too, is where I actually met my wife. She was also an aide <laughs> doing oh, the grunt work. That. Yeah. That's where we met. We were both on the front lines oh. of taking out the trash and doing laundry. Well, actually, this is a perfect exactly. match. She, I mean, okay. she was way cooler with me because she was like actually showing people how to stretch, which is like, you know, and she's also now Dr. Wu as of like, yeah, she so is. So congratulations to my wife. I love you, dear. Yes. It's Melissa, Dr. Wu. She's amazing. Anyways, um, so come like 2014, this is like the biggest year of my life. So I, so in literally in the span of 12 months, I proposed to my wife on like New Year's Eve, 2013. Um, yeah, I know. So 2014, we like, we're engaged. Uh, we like move out to get our own first rental place, which could not afford. So I was like, okay, we had to hustle on this. Um, then we got pregnant <laughs> Oh man, this with guy. Jackson. And then I graduated from Laverne in May. Then, Je then we got married in July. Then like I started applying for like PT schools because like I'm going to go down that route. But then this is what was crazy is like the urgency and pressure. And like, this is where I learned the value of urgency is like, yeah. I need money now because I'm going to mm -hmm. have a wife and a kid to support and, and PT school. I don't know if I'm going to get in and it's three year program. I was like, cool. I need something right now. I'm going to go be a cop. <laughs> what? Yes. So I actually applied to be an officer at like the Chino police department because one of the PTs I work with, her husband worked there and they were hiring and I told her I was desperate. She's like, try to become a cop. I was like, cool. So I went all in on trying to be a police officer for like four months, trained my butt off. I actually got through all of the selection, physical testing and interviews to like what they would pick the one person to get the spot. And I lost it to some guy who has a criminal criminal justice degree. And I was like, well, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> and so yeah, yeah. That makes I was sense. like sitting there and I was like, sitting in, I remember sitting on our front porch. I was like, Oh my God, what are we going to do? Like maybe I should try some other police departments. And this is why I love my wife to death because she walked out, looked me in the eye and she was just like, Tim, you are meant to be a PT and go change some freaking lives. Don't get distracted by the needs of now focus on the long game and it will be all right. 
And I looked at her and I was oh like, you're fucking right. Let's do this. And I dove all in on trying to get into PT school. I literally signed up for a GRE on Monday, Googled what the GRE was on Tuesday, and then took it on Thursday and passed by like five points in each category to apply to school. I was like, woo, dodge that bullet. <laughs> that was cool. And then I applied to all these schools and I only got into one. I was like, cool. That all makes right. the decision really easy. You got in. Yeah, actually amazing. <laughs> and I got into Western got University in. of Health Sciences in Pomona, which, you know, Silver Lining was the closest school to yeah. where we live. It's actually perfect. Yeah. I was like, oh, this was meant to be, you know. Yeah. And, you know, on a side note, this whole time I'm still racing and training on the bike and being part of my cycling community. I actually like won a state championship for the road race in California in 2013. And I had like had this aspiration to like, cool, wow. I'm a state champion. I'm an okay bike racer. I want to try and like go to the next level. And actually 2014, while it was a big year is I actually had gotten onto like a semi-professional cycling team. It was like, cool, this is my ticket. Oh. And so I spent like six months of racing with them and my body just fell apart. Like everything hurt. Cause I tried to step up the next level of training. My knees were freaking killing me. My right one was just like death. And I was trying all this weird little stuff. This is at the PT. I was like ultrasound my knee after hours. Mm-hmm. Kid you not. I would like yeah, trying to get better. I would finish cleaning up the clinic and I would just ultrasound my knee to death thinking like, dude, like, I've been there. Better. Yeah. It's yes. Like, so frustrating. Yes. Like, I would ask the PT, yes. like, what's wrong with my knee? They're like, uh, just ride less. I was like, just ride less. Like that's not, that's yeah, not okay, a solution. This is a yes. That's not a solution. Exactly. Get out of here. And so frustrated. So that frustration, I've always had the back of my mind. And so when I started in PT school in 2015, you know, the first day of PT school, and I hated this, like I loved PT school, but I hated that the director of the program on the first day gave this like fear speech. It was like, Uh, Your job for the next three years is to focus on this. Don't plan to get married. Don't plan to have kids. Don't do any other like shit in your life. It's important. And I was just like, well, I'm married and have kids like too late. I guess I got (laughs) to, I guess I got to figure this thing out. And so the thing that had to give was like, well, I guess I'm done racing and training on the bike. So I literally just like resigned to like, well, I'm not going to train anymore. I'm just going to commute to school. So I was like, I'll just commute to school and it'll keep me healthy. And so I started PT school, August 3rd, 2015. Like that's when it started. Um, August 3rd, 2015. 2015. So I was at Western university of health sciences. So then, yeah. So my, you want to talk about my how'd school go? What'd you what'd you feel like about school? Yeah, like how'd you what did you think about school? And actually, let me interject for one second. I do, like to do a little recap yeah. there. If you guys are listening to this and you're like, "Holy shit, he speaks so fast! I can't put this on one point five speed or two speed." Welcome to the welcome to the show. No, we love it. <laughs> we love it. This guy's bringing the he's bringing the fire. This is why I love a podcast because you get to really feel yeah. the person and you feel their energy and you feel what they're bringing. And this is so important that you hear Tim. Because he's he is experiencing incredible success right now as a as a businessman as an entrepreneur, and we'll get to that. But the backstory is so important because you see how it all ties in, how it all leads up, how he set yep. all this shit up, how he has worked his ass off since I think probably he was in the womb. It sounds like oh yeah, just being this Kicking guy that's it. gonna hustle, gonna, gonna put it together, gonna put you know, gonna double down on things, and this all matters right this all matters in the context of the story this all matters in, in terms of viewing his success now because like we said before and before he hopped on this there's no such thing as luck 
Right. Oh, yeah. So let's let's talk about PT school. How was that? You liked it? You hated it? What happened? PT school served its exact purpose. That's that's Boom. that's what I have to say. Like, yes. Um, from a from from a long time ago, like I read a book called Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink, and I really embodied that idea of like if you take extreme ownership over everything that happens in your life and you don't blame literally anyone else, it's one super empowering because you're like cool, my situation is my fault. I have the power to change things. So like when I was in PT school, I kind of walked in with that mindset. And so when I say PT school served its purpose, it made me a PT. Like that's it. Like it's, yeah. its job was to get me the training to go assess and evaluate someone, figure out what's wrong, tell them how to fix it, and then help them facilitate that fix. Like that's the skill set that I learned yeah. and I got it. Like thank you PT school, you cash your check. Like that was it. Boom. But along boom. the way, oh yeah, boom. Like that's it. Like beyond that, they did their job. Beyond that, PT school owes you nothing. Like if you go in and you sign up, like, and you know, and this is the, the biggest illusion. It's like, yes, you want to help people and you want to chase an impact, but the moment you think that healthcare is not a business, like you're going to have a very mm -hmm. bad time. Like, Unless, mm -hmm. unless you can honestly say to yourself right now, Hey, I want to become a PT and never get paid for it. If that's, if that's you, awesome. Go volunteer, <laughs> live off a trust fund or just be homeless or whatever. But if you expect to even get paid a dollar for your services as a PT, it's a business. And it's the sooner you, you understand that it's a business, the easier life will get. Cause then you start thinking about, okay, Business means I'm investing X amount of dollars to make, make myself dope. How do I leverage that to then make my life doper and help people? Exactly. So Boom. don't exactly yeah, don't bitch about your student loans. You know, shit, we got three hundred and fifty thousand dollars of that. We got two PTs. Yep. I never complained about exactly. it. Once you get two. Because it gave me the skills that I have now to then leverage that skill set to help the most people. But don't complain. I'm sick so of that complaining good. shit. Like, get Dude, over I'm sick of that shit. It drives me fucking crazy. So you go to PT school. Yeah. It served its purpose. It did. What did you do for work right after? Ooh. What did Mr. Grimes do? <laughs> so while I was in PT school, um, I definitely I definitely was conditioned to think small. Meaning like uh, mm -hmm. when you're in PT school, you're only exposed to your professors. And your professors are fantastic okay. at teaching you, but they're not always the best example of the most fulfilling path in your career as a PT. Like they chose to be educators and we need academics. Hell yeah, do your thing. But are any of them doing what I thought was like my dream job? No. So basically I was like, all right, let's pick the professors. Let's see the one I want to most model. And I guess that's the best thing I can go do. So I really liked, uh, you know, pediatrics because I don't know, I like working with kids. So I did two pediatric yeah. rotations and quickly realized like I like working with the kids but it was through California Children's Services. It was a government organization. That's a cluster. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to play this game. Um, I want to do something else. So like while I was in PT mm -hmm. school, I started to learn at the back of my mind. And I was always, I was always suppressed. Everything we learned, I was like, how does that relate to cyclists? We're in anatomy. Oh, that's that thing. Mm. We are in, in motor learning and motor control class. It's like, oh my God, this is you know, related to cycling. Oh my gosh, vestibular influence on balance. That's related to cycling. Oh my gosh, you know, the mm -hmm. said principle and exercise physiology, that's cycling. I, it's always yep. in the back of my mind, but I didn't see any of my professors doing that. So I was like, well, I just, I can't do that. But then 
October 13th, 2017, I had my Roger Bannister moment. Do you know that date? I, it's, it's ringing a bell. That's the date me. that I got maestrified because <laughs> you came and spoke at our school. I don't know anything about you. You just... It was one of those things they had, they had free pizza. And I was like, hell yeah, I like lunch. I'm gonna go sit in on this thing. And I sat front row center. Like I always do. And you got up on stage and you're like, I'm a PT. And first of all, you didn't dress like the stuffy polo shirt PT. I was like, okay, cool. I like this. And then you did your thing. You got someone up there. You showed the power of the nervous system. I was like, Whoa, I don't know anything. Then you started talking about how the power of like, the, the internet and your and how you can reach digitally your specific audience and like a performance-based treatment approach. And you hit every single thing that I'd never been exposed to. And then you told your story about like, hey, I had this idea for a kind of dream life I wanted. So I had to go create it because it's not like my dream life was listed on, you know, a job website. Like LinkedIn didn't have an opportunity for my dream job. So you had to go make it. And I was like, you know what? That's, that's cool. I want that. And so- all those suppressed oh, urges dude. to take this knowledge and apply it to cyclists, all of a sudden was like bubbling at the surface, waiting to pop through. And so afterwards, there's all these people waiting in line to talk to you. And so I was standing there, nervous as hell. And I got up there and I was like, hey, um, uh, maestro, uh, that was awesome. I loved all of it. Um, I've got this idea for like an Instagram where I take like stuff I learned at PT school and apply it to cyclists. But like, how long after I graduate is an appropriate amount of time to like do that? Cause I don't know anything right now. And you stared me into my soul and you just said, just fucking get started. And then we took a picture together That's it. and then I walked away We have it, and yeah. I still have that. Picture. <laughs> and then literally that night I was like, you know what? Just, just freaking do it. So mm -hmm. I went on Instagram and it's not, it was no master plan. I was just like, all right, I'm in oh, Southern California. Do I do bikes and I'm going to be a PT. So, so cow bike PT wasn't taken <laughs> tight. Now that's mine. And I got started that day. <laughs> My fucking dude. Every time you tell the story, I hear the story. I, I get chills. I, I meet a lot of people. I get yeah. to talk to a lot of people and you never know what sticks. Like I was actually, I'm, I'm doing a talk tomorrow um, for Boss Up and I'm, I'm working on the deck and I'm putting a video in there. And I don't know if you've seen the movie Me, You and Dupree yeah. with Owen Wilson. Yeah. And he goes into school and he gives this talk, but he's like, you know, this weird guy. And he's talking about like pods and not rock pods, but talking about pods and like the fact that there's like these students that will yeah. just go and they just do the thing. There's other students that are like, you know, going to go and become bankers. And there's just some students like this message will hit them, but you don't know who that person no is. No clue. And then to like fast forward a year and I'm talking to this person and like seeing, I mean, I talked to you after that because you, you were so good about being yeah. so in contact on, on social media, but like to see the other side of it and hear it, it's the most rewarding and magnificent thing, Tim. Like your success, I... I, I love it more than my own. I smile. I'm like just just overwhelmed yes. with feelings when I watch you do this thing. Hell I'm yeah. like, holy shit. Like, here's my guy doing the fucking thing. So ah, you thank you for sharing oh. that. Just thank you oh, for being welcome. you and doing, yeah. doing the SoCal Bike PT thing. So you started Instagram. In school. You you I was, was in school still. I still yeah, had exactly. a year. I'm I still like, had a year to go. So that's what I was like. You guys listening, yeah. he was still in school. It's okay to no, start it then. Like, I, I wasn't like, 
I nice. wasn't like manipulating people's necks or something. No, exactly. I was just teaching them like, hey, um, this is your knee joint. It does this. Six likes. Tight. Let's move forward. Like, yeah. but I, I just go. kept doing that more as an outlet to be like, well, I have all these ideas. I'm learning. I want to apply it. I'm passionate about this. And so then I like, you know, a month later was like, cool, why don't I just start interviewing like famous pro cyclists or people in my community that I know as an excuse to talk to them and learn more. So like I started interviewing like people in my garage like <laughs> on a $12 lapel mic and it worked fine. And so I, I did like five episodes of like a podcast where I actually weaseled my way into speaking with some of my heroes in cycling. But then a couple people mm-hmm. were, on Instagram were like, Hey, that's related to me. You know, do you work with people? And I was like, uh, yes, I do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I do now Come to my mother-in-law's garage. <laughs> I will sweep <laughs> the spider webs out of the way. I will use my $80 treatment table from Amazon and I will do my best to help you out. And for some reason they came and gladly paid me like cash. And I called it personal training. And I got like 80 bucks for like an hour, like my first time. And I basically just like did a few movement assessments, showed them their hip flexors are tight and gave them a couple stretches. And they were like, thank you. This is awesome. What time works next week? And I was like, uh, same time. I'll see you then. They walked away. And I was like, <laughs> I just made 80 bucks cash in my garage with spiderwebs around helping somebody come on Instagram. I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. And I learned at that exact moment, it's not about what qualifications you have or letters behind your name. It's if you can understand what your people need, speak to that, give them exactly what they want. Cause it's valuable. And then like, you know, be personable and easy to hang out with. And they're gladly because the standard is so low. It's someone who so never looks low. them in the eye and just is like, well, don't ride that far. And I said, well, that sucks when you hit that on your ride. Here's how you can do it better. Do this massive value. That changed my life. So that was my little side hustle I started in the garage. But then, you know, I finished my rotations. I went actually did a clinical rotation at an outpatient ortho clinic that was changed my life. I had a CI. Her name's Dr. Michelle Rabozzi. What's up, Bozy? Love you out there. She actually like had done the Chris Powers Movement Fellowship. So she was like all mm-hmm. into that performance-based assessment. And so she taught me everything. And I immediately ah. was like, okay, can I bring all my friends into this clinic who are bike riders? And just like, we just experiment on them like pro bono. And they're like, yeah, that's cool. Because the owner of the clinic also rides bikes. And I was like, oh, this is this was fate. So for three months, all I did was bring my buddies into this clinic for wow. free and just use the whole place and just start experimenting and learning and coming up with all this new stuff that hadn't been done before because it didn't exist. I didn't learn it in school. And that's where I started figuring out what works with bike riders to fix the problems that other providers would just say, take some Tylenol and stop riding so far. And I was like, no, screw that. Do this thing I figured out. No. That started yeah. in 2018, like February. So uh, mind you, I'm on my last Damn. of fills. I did my hospital rotation, mm-hmm. which almost killed me. I hated being in the hospital. It's just yeah, it's disgusting in the hospital. Like All the good lessons learned, but no way in hell could you pay me enough to be there. It's just nope. you got to be real nope, clear nope, nope. what you don't want to do. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to do that. So then, like real life hit. It's like, all right, dude, I'm the only provider. Like I just graduated. My wife's in PT school. I got two kids now. Like. I got to move out of my mother-in-law's house. Like we got to make shit happen. So I was like, all right, 
we need our own house. Like it's about damn time. We've been married three years. We got two kids. We're sharing a 10 by 10 bedroom. Like I own nothing because I'm living in the upstairs of my mother-in-law's mm-hmm. house. Like, okay, we got to make moves, baby. So I went out and I was like, I have to hunt down the best paying job as a new grad possible. And so the, what everyone told me initially was like, well, you got to start at the bottom and take some shit paying job somewhere for like $32 an hour. And you got to work your way up. And I was like, yeah, that sounds terrible. I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to, I'm just going to try to like go get, you know, what, what's the upgrade from the staff PT Shante, the director, right? Director. And everyone's yeah. like, yeah, Fucking yeah that's like my goals. I got to be PT clinic director. And you, how do you get there? Well, you got to put in your five years. You got to go get your OCS. You got to get all these things. I was like, well, let me reverse engineer this. What actually makes a good PT clinic director? What are the, what are the jobs? I was like, okay, well, it's not, are you the best mm-hmm. clinician? Is are you the best leader? So mm-hmm. I called my buddy who worked at a work comp chain. I won't say which one, just whatever. They're cool. And I was, <laughs> yeah, is, I was yeah. like, Hey man, who's your boss? And can I have their number? I want a job. He's like, Oh, tight. Here's her number. And he's like, they're actually hiring a position over there, but it's for a director. Like, you know, um, you know, you have to have experience. I was like, I don't know. I'm pretty good at selling things. Let me get her on the phone. Oh. And so I pitched enough on the phone that I got an interview. Like I was like, Hey, like give me an interview. Like, um, I'm a new grad. Yeah, whatever. But I have, at this point, I have eight years of leadership experience. There you go. Ooh. There you go. That's so huge that you realize that and you point Ooh. that out. And people need to hear that. Eight years of experience in what he was trying to do. He didn't have the PT experience, but like you said, what is the quali- what are the qualifications, yeah. the needs of this specific job? And yeah, he was qualified the, for that. So yeah, go on, the go needs on. Are, I'm enthralled. The needs are, can you lead? Like truly lead. And I had been... When I was in school, I was the pre- when I music school, I was the president of the music business club. I led that. When I was in a band, I led us on tour. I did all the logistics. When I was working as a swim instructor, I led our swim instructor staff. When I worked at the bike shop, I was leading our salespeople and our mechanics to try to hit sales goals. When I was on racing teams, I was road captain. I was dictating strategy. I was motivating people. And I mentioned all of this like in my interview. I was like, oh, yeah, I've never been a PT, but I've been leading people for longer than like I've been in school and that's what you need. I got my license. You don't care about anything else. Let me go in here and let me, and I told them on the, and it wasn't like, please help me in my interview. I was like, okay, what's the biggest threats to the clinic right now? What are your goals for this clinic? And then I'm going to tell you my plan to do that. Like, well, it's where we're transitioning companies. It's not profitable right now. Like, what would you do? I was like, simple. I would retrain here. I would lead this staff. I would do this here. That's my plan. And they're like, all right, tight. You got the job. How much do you want? I was like, hmm, how much do I want? And it was a calculated number. I needed a very specific amount so that I could actually put an offer on this house that we had found the like week before my my interview. Like my mortgage lender was like, hey, we approve you for this house, but you have to make X dollars per month in order to qualify for this mortgage. So I did math and I was like, I need exactly this. It was like $85,000 or something a year. And I was like, they're like, can we, can you do 84, nine 60? And I was like, yeah, that's acceptable. <laughs> so right out of school, I got a 
85 out of 85 school. 85 out of school. That's unheard it's of. Unheard of. And like you can, it's not secret. Like you just look this up on the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Look at the median yeah. income for new grads. It's free knowledge. Don't complain. You don't know other people are making. Go on Glassdoor. Just uh-huh. look it up. You know, I had turned down a sixty-five thousand yeah. dollar a year job, got yeah. to eighty-five, and I was like a director. My first day, I was having the job that like people told me you needed five years experience. And I was actually trying to get. Uh-huh. So I was like, tight. <laughs> this is cool. And so, dude, Tim. Yeah. In terms of the, I think one of the things that stops people is that they like want to do the PT side of it. We, I feel like. You've had said this in the beginning that your goal is always like you double down on the thing and you're like, I have to make money. Yeah. It seems like I'm guessing you were more concerned with making money than like having fun as a PT. Oh, yeah. Like wh- where was your head like, at with that? This was all these decisions are made of urgency and like, like oh, I, I have to provide for my family. It's part of my identity mm-hmm. as like the husband and father. Like I didn't have a great one. Yeah. And like, I wanted to be that person that was like the guardian and the leader of my family. It's part of my identity. And when it's part of your identity and you can't do anything other than that, it's not a matter of being motivated. It's a matter of like discipline. Yeah. Like I have to do this there you go. or else literally the world will end. So like we had put the offer on the house. I had been, took the exam. I was sitting there biting my nails, waiting for a week to get my license number. Cause when I got my license number, which means I got my job, which means I got the paycheck, which means I got the house to make sure my family had a place to live. There's no time to sit there and squander about what's fun. It's about making moves and getting mm-hmm. it done. And that urgency is the ultimate driver. And it's what I try to like induce in my life every single day is a sense of yes. urgency but a healthier version, not a urgency for yeah, survival. Yeah, yeah. Like being on the brink of like, cool, I've got $200 left and five mouths to feed is not a very healthy level of urgency. No, so yeah, yes. yeah I got, oh I got God. the director job, um, which was cool. Like I rode my bike at lunch every day and I just like turned the staff around. They really did a good job. Cause like a quick tangent, if you're a director or you lead people right now, you need to know the difference between being a boss and being a leader. Like people hate their mm-hmm. boss. People will follow a leader into the depths of hell because they believe in the mission. And if you don't know how to lead, you have no business actually being in charge of people. So like, that's the most valuable skill is go out and learn how to lead people, give them ownership over their scope of authority, have them identify what mission we are all serving together. So work comp, it was like, I would, our meetings, I was like, guys, Our mission is to literally heal every person that comes in here because these are the working people of America. And if we can get every one of them back to their job, it will radiate into the community and we can fix our country. And they'd be like, hell yeah, let's get out there. Let's do some work comp PT. Like that was the speeches I used to give. It's a lot better than like, hey, you got to get your productivity numbers up. Yeah. Dude, Tim, was there ever any kickback? Like, you you look young. You're a young guy. Were people like, who the fuck is this young guy, like, trying to talk, you know, being my boss? Or how? Never. Is that no, a thing? No, it's, it, that is such bullshit. It's like, I'm, I was 28. My uh, front desk uh, person, her name is Isabel. She was in her 30s. She's in her late 30s. Um, the chiropractor I managed was in his 50s. The acupuncturist I managed was in his 40s. The MD I worked with was in her 40s. My boss was, I was 10 to 12 years younger, but it's not about age or experience. It's about leadership. 
It's a skill set. Is if you're confident and you lead them to this, you don't. If you check your ego at the door and just align ourselves to a higher mission, doesn't matter who. These people were desperate to be led, and if you give that to them, doesn't matter if you're 16 and baby faced. It just matters. Effective leadership is effective leadership. It doesn't matter what you look like, how old you are, how experienced you are. You can have 10 years experience being a terrible leader. It doesn't make you good. It just makes you experienced. For sure. So there was there was never pushback. it's so interesting doing this this interview. Uh, I'm not even sure when this is going to come out, but I yeah. just interviewed um, Emma Jack, and she is a physical therapist up in Canada. And her whole thing is completely opposite of yours. She's uh, one of the stories that we hear a lot from female therapists with that incre- that crazy imposter oh, syndrome yeah. when just trying to feed that by going to school, trying to fix that, whatever, by going to school for years and years and years and years. And so you guys listening, you know, I, I, I was – it's so interesting with the podcast space because I don't, I don't know what people are yeah. feeling right now because it's I'm just talking to you. But I want you guys to listen around the edges and listen to all the episodes and be like, all right, here's one guy. And, and maybe it is easier because he's a man versus a woman. But either way, like you got to take the lesson and the stuff he's saying and say, how can I apply yeah. this? You know, like maybe it will be inherently more difficult because you are a minority or because you are a female, whatever. But bitching about yeah. it doesn't change it. So that's that's a huge thing to take from Tim's story is that like you just got to figure it out yeah. no matter what no matter what your starting point is whether you're starting at the back yeah. of the pack or and, the front yeah. you oh. got to go and figure and that out. The key out. is mindset. Like that's it. Like if yes. you change your mindset everything else is just a, looks totally different. So my mindset changed when I got my first paycheck. I was like sick. I'm working, I'm doing this to get my first paycheck. I looked at it. It was it was pretty small and I was like cool. I got to quit this thing. Oh. <laughs> well, I was there for two, I was there for two weeks. I got my first paycheck. I was like, all right, what's my exit strategy? It was like literally my next, you were the director for two I've weeks. I've been director for two weeks. I got my first paycheck and I was like, Hmm, Damn. I just spent six figures going to school. Why am I not making six figures? That was literally my response. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a fucking doctor. I earned this. Yeah. Why? I was like, no. Okay. So I immediately started making my exit plan that day. And it was Danny Matei that called me because I like bought his workshop secrets course. I didn't have any money to buy mm-hmm. it, but I was mm-hmm. like, he's really good at selling. So I was like, I need this. Figured so out. I bought it on the yep, Black Friday sale. And as a courtesy, he booked a call with me and he's like, Hey, I see you doing so called bike PT. What's your plan for that? Like, what do you want to do next year? Revenue wise? Like Danny. Oh yeah. If I can make an additional $12,000 next year, like a thousand dollars a month, that'd be awesome. He's like, what? Like done. That's it. I was like, yeah, man, that's a lie. He's like, okay all right i'm gonna have to open up your mind then he danny matayed me and i was like "Ooh, he's Mm -hmm. planted that seed that's like if you do this right and you want to earn it you can have the life that you really want so it did not happen so i so i actually quit my job april 15th 2019 i started november 7th 2018 so do the math that's exactly six months But in that six months, Mm -hmm. I didn't just start being a shit PT at the place I worked at and resenting it. No, I doubled down and knocked it out of the park because there's still valuable lessons to learn about leading people, about managing the finances of the clinic, which was like a huge asset. Like they taught me how to read an entire like profit and loss statement and like look at average gross revenue per visit and all these technical things that I had to learn as part of my job now serves me in my own practice. But I immediately was like, all right, how can I transition? home health baby so uh imposter syndrome i don't know how to do home health i'm a new grad no screw that man you're licensed just don't kill anybody 
I took my experience from the clinical rotation I hated at the hospital and was like, wait a minute, it's like treating people in the hospital with their house. I could do that. So I uh, signed, uh, I, I applied to work I for an agency it. and they're like, um, so you've got experience working with this stuff. I was just like, yes, I just, yeah, you had, I just you said yes. And they're like, okay, you ready to go? I was like, huh. also yes. And yeah. they sent me my first case and I did it one. a week after signing up. I've never been so nervous to walk into like some Medicare patient's house and take their vitals and do the yep. thing. And then, you know, I got paid like 90 bucks for that hour. And I was like, oh, tight. After taxes, that's $63. So I started doing math. Okay, how do I replace my income at my job right here so that I can have time freedom to go do SoCal Bike BT? I literally calculated and then we reached a breaking point. Where I was like, okay. I need to just jump ship. I need to commit. And so I like on a whim, drafted an email, sent it to my boss. Here's my 30 day notice, <laughs> May 15th. I was like, if I take the leap and give myself one month mm-hmm. to try and get enough home health to replace my um, income and do so-called bike PT on the side, cause it's kind of taken off slowly, more organically through Instagram. I made that jump. And those months from May to June to July to August, were literally make it or break it. We were counting down the last $200 at the end of the month in our bank account, knowing the mortgage hit in seven days. And like, there were nights where I sat there and I was like, I'm fucking broke and we can't buy groceries and I gotta get more home health cases. I try to get SoCal Bike PT off the ground. And the day after I quit my job, like two days later, I went to your course in San Diego, slept in my van because I didn't have room for, I spent my last $500 or whatever was on your course because I was like, this, I need to learn from Shantae how to treat my patients better so I can bring more value so I can charge more and they will get better results. So I spent the last like $500 I had to go see you and I literally slept in my van in the parking lot because it saved saved gas because I was counting gallons of gas And it saved a hotel because I learned from when I was a professional musician, if you want it bad enough, you will literally bleed for it. And my bleeding for it was sleeping in my van, freezing my ass off in the parking lot of your course and trying to soak up every single thing I could learn to then take back to serve my people the best. My God, Tim, I have fucking... It was nuts. Chills, that sense of urgency that you live and you live and die by. This is this is Tim's like MO. This oh my god. It's the I'm only like, way to I'm operate. Of my seat here. <laughs> like yeah. I like and I like know how the story turns out. And I'm yeah. sitting here like, and then what happens? I fucking know the story. And it's just like, oh my so, god. So so here's what happens. Here's the lesson from the how do you take an Instagram with I I now I only have twenty two hundred followers. Only meaning like, oh, that's not a lot. No, that's all you mm-hmm. need. Period. I took my Instagram following. I went to a conference in Florida and learned that like in order to build a practice, you need a consistent flow of leads. How do you do that? You build a damn funnel. So I was like, cool. I went back home and I bought a $13 book from the, from the conference. I read the entire book on a six hour plane flight home. People watch movies or they sleep or they make excuses. No, I slammed a pot of coffee, read a whole book, wrote, six pages on how to build a website, got home, bought a website domain and hosting and lead pages, built the website in a week. And then it started bringing me leads while I was sleeping a week later. And it literally saved our family for the month of June. 
because I bought a $13 book, had the discipline to execute on it, took imperfect action, and then got leads coming to me. So July 4th, I was floating in my mother-in-law's pool, drinking a beer. I went to check my phone, and I had three new patients from my website in my email that that next week I got in, sold them my $250 evaluation. You can charge that much. Then sold them a $14.97 package for eight visits three times. That saved June. That literally saved us and paid the mortgage and groceries and daycare for June because I bought a $13 book and took action. Spent $500 to build the website got a return of investment of whatever math that calculates to. And to this mm-hmm. day, that website has gotten me 52 patients while I was sleeping. And the conversion on that, I think I've gotten like 40 of them into my clinic. Dude, I, I feel like we, do, we could do a whole episode on this. In ter- are you Were you just optimizing? You're like with, with SEO? Like what? You got getting leads? How? This, this? is all Instagram. I learned from the best. Oh. I learned from Movement Maestro. Oh, you said website. So I okay. built the website. So I'm on Instagram. Okay. I make content that speaks to my people's problems. Show them there, that okay. the I funnel. can help them. And then the only purpose of content is not to get views or likes or mm-hmm. engagement, not even comments. The only purpose of content is someone to send you a direct message that says, how do I there work you with you? If no one sends there you a message you that says, how do I work with you? Your content sucks. Fix it. That's it. So every person that would message me, hey, how do I work with you? Bam, I drop them the link to the contact form in my sales funnel. They fill it out. It automates them to schedule their phone call. I get them on the phone. Danny Matei told me to learn how to sell on the phone. So I bought a book and learned how to sell on the phone. And then I got really good at closing people on the phone to come in. And that saved saved our summer. But that's the funnel. And I never spent a dollar in advertising or Google or none of that. Ever. You had me nervous for a second. I was like, this motherfucker's over here with worrying about SEO. No, okay, Instagram. no. Okay, I see your funnel. Yeah, your now. funnel. You made me so <laughs> nervous. I was like, Tim, what? Um, do you want to tell the, the listeners what that book oh, is? Oh, it's oh the 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 sales book. Oh, Danny. Yeah, the oh no, the thirteen dollar book is this book by Christine Walker. It's called PT Website Secrets, and she is like an amazing like mom and PT who had to like figure out same situation how do i get people into my clinic to save christmas you know and so she figured out she builds a mm-hmm. website that converts people for her through a funnel hacking type of mindset like then people come to her so i bought that book and i did the thing and then danny said by the way like way of the wolf by jordan belfort so i bought that read it four times literally wrote all the scripts and the sales thing learned how to suck at the phone early and then now get good at it converting people over the phone and so now like that's how people come in if i can get you on the phone i can Yes, you can Get, close it. I can close it with the five questions that you use. What do you think is going on? What's causing you injury and symptoms? What can I do for you? What are you hoping to get out of our time together? If I solve this problem for you, what value will it bring to your life? Boom. That's all you have to say on the phone. Timmy, God damn, you guys should be chomping at the bit. I'm looking at the yeah. time here. We're going to keep yes. going, but I want... Because we've like hit the pinnacle of who want us. Like things are like, we're starting to like cook with whatever is good yeah. to cook with at this point. I know you're a vegetarian, so I don't want to like offend <laughs> you. So we're, we're starting to cook with what's really Big good now. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens next? You've saved Dude. June, oh July and August and the rest of the months are coming. What so happens? We saved June. We, we, we actually, 
went through July okay. And then August, I hit the slump. I was like, oh shit. Like, um, I was still doing home health and my SoCal Bike PT. And it got to the point where I was too time poor to dedicate all my time and energy. Mm-hmm. And this is a critical point that people hit where it's not working fast enough and you've got your attention split between home health and SoCal Bike PT. And so I sat there and I was like, I'm time poor. And I know that if I triple down on the thing I'm best at, it will come to fruition, but it takes a lot of risk. So I had this meeting with my wife and she is, she is the most amazing woman on the planet for even trusting in my ability to even pull this off. But we had a deal and she looked at me and said, you need to do more home health because we don't have enough money to survive. SoCal Bike PT isn't working fast enough. And I looked at her and said, it will work. It will work. Give it, mm-hmm. give it fucking time. It will work. And I was so believed in that. And she's like, okay, you have a month. You have a month to make ends meet with SoCal Bike PT or you have to go back and do home health or we lose our freaking house. Like We're going to miss our mortgage. I was like, okay, urgency. So- Emergency. That was in August. And I was like, okay. So we started to see a more SoCal bike PT. And I was like getting off home health a little bit. And we did not survive August. We were actually in the red. We lost money. We had okay. to pull our savings. So then you know, I, I, it was coming, but not fast enough yet. It was kind of turning the corner. Mm-hmm. And then September was coming. And in August, I had this idea. And the idea was this. I, I will say this to everyone. I am the absolute best at helping cyclists get out of pain and becoming their best bike riding self, period. I am the best at that. But I can only help one person at a time right now, and this is the 21st century. How do I help more? And I had this idea to, for a year to take all of my knowledge and what I do to help and put it in an online course and sell this thing and be like mm-hmm. a digital guru. But I had the block that I got to buy Kajabi and I got to build the whole damn thing first. And I don't have an audience yet. And then per usual, I get maestrified again. And all of a sudden you do a live with Jill Fit and you're like, well, if you want to start your first online product, you don't need all that stuff. You just need PDFs, YouTube, and an email Mm. automation. I was like, oh. I've got all three of those things. I've got a five-year-old MacBook Pro and I've got an old iPhone that still records. Let's get it. So I then went to my audience and asked them, hey, it's the off season. What do y'all want? And they're like, we want a cycling specific strength program because you do all these exercises on Instagram. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Would you make that for us? I was like, okay. So then I made a crappy landing page with typos, by the way, because I was in a rush because it's, we're not going to survive September. I literally, we're in the red and I called it the bike body strength program. I just made it up on the fly, put up an Instagram post. I was like, Hey, um, I'm doing a pre-order until for the next week. It's like 79 bucks. It'll be a strength program. It's just for you. It's like 12 weeks. It's awesome. I tried to sell it a little better. I tried to Russell Brunson my way into it. You did. You did. You did some good shit. Okay. I saw it. I watched you know, this. I watched you know, this unfold. Imperfect action beats inaction. So I did the thing. Mm-hmm. A bunch of people did the pre-order, and then a bunch of people bought it. I was like, oh crap! <laughs> now I gotta make this thing. I gotta make so, it. So you know, you if you've ever seen the movie Catch Me If You Can, all you have to do is stay yeah. one step ahead of the people that you're trying to help. Like I'm a. I'm a level four cyclist and PT. I can help everyone who's a level one, two, and three. So I just, I sold the go. program. So the it's probably, it's $99. It was like $79 in the presale. 
and 128 people bought it. And I was like, holy crap. Do some math for us, Tim. Do some math for us. Um, Pre-sale plus afterwards, plus a couple upsells and some of the coaching stuff, that's $15,000. Boom. In two weeks. There's my guy. Go on, Tim. Yes. Yes. So. Yes. That saved September. Literally, that was like, oh shit, we can put the money back we borrowed from savings, we can pay our mortgage, we can pay the daycare balance, we can eat again instead of just freaking white Mm -hmm. rice, which I was eating every day at oatmeal. (laughs) That saved September and gave us momentum into October. A lot of the attention from doing the programming and starting to work with a few more kind of like famous people and organically growing, all of a sudden... My phone starts ringing off the hook. The website's converting people like crazy. I'm actually turning away people now. So October and now into November has been so freaking busy because I took imperfect action on an ID I had and it made $15,000 in two weeks. So anyone out there that's like, oh, I got to wait to buy Kajabi or like I got to get my videos produced. Like you want to see my videos? Buy the program. It's literally my phone on a $12 tripod from Amazon with that same $12 lapel mic. And it's me teaching how to do the exercises I would give to someone in person and relating it back to cycling. That's it. And people freaking Love it. It's in nine countries and I get messages every day about how my knees feel amazing. I didn't know that I could ride without pain. You've like given me my life back. And I was like, this is how we impact the world is not one-to-one. It's one to many. And if you think you have to wait until it's perfect to do it is complete crap. My landing page probably still has typos on it and it's terrible. (laughs) <laughs> but it works it gets the job, it gets done. The job done, it gets that done and we're done. impacting people's lives and it saved october <laughs> oh my goodness this is like this is why i waited you guys and had him set, tell the story that the way he told it because he made fifteen thousand dollars in two weeks and it took him eight yep. years that's the, the kind of thing that you guys don't understand. This is possible for anyone. But I fucking hear these new grads and they're coming I at me and like thinking about their job. Oh my God. No. Dude. Uh, no. No, no. No. It's all active. It's just about being freaking smart. You want less than active. You want things that exchange not time for money. You want things that you can... And it's not about... Chante, it's not about the money. Like, I'm on a fucking mission here. Like, my mission is to end knee pain in cycling forever and build bulletproof bike riders around the world. Period. That's my mission. And if you don't have your mission, everything else seems like it's too difficult. But if I have that calling and that's my purpose... I wake up every damn day and go, okay, how do I strive for that purpose today? Getting up at 4.30 all of a sudden is a blessing and not a curse. Staying at my office until 10 o'clock at night to finish up with someone isn't a curse. It's working towards that goal. And now I've found my thing I am willing to bleed for. It wasn't touring in in a rock band. It wasn't teaching. It wasn't being a staff PT. It was fixing the bike riders of the world. Because through bike riding and cycling, I've learned personally, you can reach self-actualization. And that's what I want for my people. And if I don't do that, anything less than that is a waste of my time and is not fulfilling the legacy that I have for the Wu family, period. My dude, this, 
that urgency, that why, that going back to that why, and then doubling down. Because Ooh. yeah, you said that you you know you started in the rock band yeah. kind of thing, and then you were like, don't be a teacher. But the thing that that's, that stands out is that you doubled down on all of yeah. them. You you weren't about no. like oh, I'm trying to like have some fun and like be comfortable. My dude was sleeping yeah. in a car. My dude was like selling shit out of his garage. Oh, yeah. Like I don't need these shoes oh, anymore. Yeah. Like to make ends meet, yes. like the grind, the struggle, yeah. the work. And- yeah. To then get to it's, here because he had his why. And you have to start with why. And so it's like, if you, if, you know, in order to be successful, the first thing you need is vision. You need a vision of what your future looks like. You need a vision of what your ideal life looks like. You need to envision what you eat, how you feel, how you spend your days. What you would envision is like, that's my dream. And then reverse engineer that. My vision was this. I wanted to wake up. I wanted to take my kids to school so they at least know who I am. I wanted to go train on my bike every day so I can be the best rider possible. I don't want to see 18 people. I want to see four a day. I don't want to work mm-hmm. on Fridays. I want to build products online that you know fix people across the world. And I want to be able to do all that and spend time with my wife and like go on vacation and renovate our bathroom, which you're doing right now. And so that's what I want. And then you reverse engineer that. And then the only limitations to you creating and truly living that envisioned life that you've dreamed of all those limitations are only in your mind period everything else can be solved i don't have enough money get more money i don't have time make more time i don't have the resources go buy the damn resources i don't have the information google i don't have the mindset yet go read a book about changing your mindset get around people who think like this Pay money to have someone teach you to decondition your mind out of small thinking. I did that. I blew the last money I had to fly to Florida to go hear Myron Golden yeah. speak. And he pulled me on stage and did this whole like mindfuck thing about like, you know, confidence and the ability to sell and all these things. And it changed my world. But the value I got, you have to pay and then you pay attention and then people you teach you. And then now you can go do what you want but you have to make that decision and jump in. You can't half-ass your dream life. No one's going to hand that shit to you. There you go. So tell us, give me the end of this story, Tim. What do your days look like now? What does life look like now? How about that brand new bike? What does that look like now? My life is the shit. Like I am happy. I am fulfilled. I see my family every day. I get to do exactly what I want to do and I had to earn it. The people out there, they're like, oh, must be nice. You can go train every day and, you know, take days off when you want to. And I was like, yeah, it is nice because I had to fucking earn it. When you earn it, you'll, Dude slept in you'll think it's car. nice too, my man. Like, so here's my days right now. Um, I train on my bike anywhere from 12 to 16 hours a week. My goal is actually to go back into like the higher level of racing and try to do some pro level stage racing stuff to show that my system works to make your body bulletproof to tolerate cycling, even as a 30 year old, which is like crazy. So I train 12 to 16 hours a week. I work Monday afternoons, most Tuesdays, most of Tuesday, I take like a three hour lunch, go train Wednesdays. I work Wednesday afternoon until the evening to get the afternoon hours. Thursdays, I usually take the day off from training and I do stuff in the gym, but I only work like eight to like five. And then Fridays, I take all of Friday off because I want to ride with my friends and then I want to like do work 
towards my larger goals. I carve mm -hmm. out that time. You don't have it. You, you don't find it. You make it. So I make Fridays towards moving forward. And then on the weekends, I'm at home chilling with the family, being there present. And I had to earn that. It was 60 hour weeks doing my day job as a work comp PT, doing home health after hours, then doing SoCal bike PT even later in the evening, seeing eight o'clock and nine o'clock appointments at, at night for, for, for freaking months. But yeah. now we have the time freedom yes. to do what I want and you have to earn it. But if you want it bad enough, hundred percent, you want it bad enough, you, you will it. do it. And the only things you need are vision, discipline, and time. That's it. That's it. Tim, what about the kids? Where are the kids? Oh, you have kids. I have three kids. I see them on Instagram, yeah. but tell the people who don't know you yet. Where are so the I kids? I have three kids. My oldest is Jackson. He's my first son. He turns five next month. They're He's adorable, amazing. all of them. Uh, my middle kid is Maverick. He's my little three-year-old redhead. And then I've got my new baby, my baby girl, Sophia. She's four yes. months old next week. And like... And then I've got my amazing wife, Melissa, like they're the, tr they're the big why, like you have to have your impact for the world. But like we envisioned when we were dating and got married five years ago, like what do we want our lives to look like? And like, we have to build that ourselves. And so now we're living that life. We like, we get to see them every day. We drop them off at school. We get to pick them up. Like they actually know we exist and we get the opportunity to show them that if you work hard enough with the right vision and discipline towards your goals and the ideal life you want, we're setting an example for them that like I never had, but now I'm going to have it. it, it yeah. you know, the next generation of the Wu family is going to go out and change the world too. I love it. For those of you thinking like, oh, it's probably his wife taking care of them. No, they share in this responsibility yeah. and she just graduated. Amazing. Yes. Like you said, she's a doctor. And if you go on his stories, there's plenty of videos that I saw today the kids are with him. Yeah. The baby, Sophia's oh, yeah. with you in the clinic, in the little boppy oh, yeah. thing, in the bouncer thing. Like he's, this is real yeah, life, I, guys. No, he's it's not, not like, like, you know, blown no, smoke like, here. I took, yeah, when, we, when we got our first office, like I renovated it. My son Jackson came along. I gave him a paintbrush. I was like, hey man, paint that spot. Hey man, here's the vacuum. Vacuum that. Hey man, throw that in the trash. It's a game. Like you have to incorporate that. Like when I was in school and they said like, Hey, wait to start your family until afterwards. I was like, wait a minute, but you're still going to have a full-time job. Like you have to make this work yeah, together. Like, right. You can have a family and raise kids and be a professional and be an entrepreneur. But the only way they all work is if you have discipline, you cut out the shit that doesn't serve exactly what you're doing. I only do three things. I train on my bike. I be a dad and husband. I run SoCal Bike PT. That's it. You triple down on the things Dude. that matter and then you execute to the best of your abilities day in, day out, rain or shine, sick, tired, doesn't matter. The alarm goes off at five. You get out of bed and you freaking do it because the world is depending on you to show up every day. Look at this. This is why I do a podcast so that you guys can hear it because you can't read that kind of fire. No. You can't read that kind of passion. You got to hear it. This guy's in your ear for an hour. Yes. Tim, if they, I, I'd be a terrible podcast host if I didn't <laughs> uh, give them, wait, how, how can they find you, contact you, all the things with you? Easy. How do you do that? Instagram at SoCalBikePT. That's all you need. Hit my link tree. Everything Fine. I do is in there. You can also go to socalbikept.com if you're some kind of like 
bike riding person who has problems and you want my help, great. It's the 21st century. I help people virtually too. But Instagram's where it started. Instagram's where I'm keeping it. Instagram is literally the tool that can facilitate your dreams if you do it right. It's that simple. And the shit's free. Just pay a little bit to have my friend teach you this stuff. That's that's. That's yeah, exactly. Like, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the testimonial on your Instagram with the Maestro course. That's it. This is my guy. This is my the guy. Like, yes, you do the thing. Yeah. And then let look. me be your Roger. If you're listening, let me be your Roger Bannister. Be like, wait a minute. You can do that with all. Okay, cool. It's just do the damn principles, yes. but then do it every day. Even when no one's watching and no one's listening and no one cares, you still show up 100%. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, overnight success but that shit literally has go. taken 10 years to this point right exactly there you go suddenly overnight 10 years later you get a fifteen thousand dollar two weeks yes. and it's and my dream amazing. bike i got my peggy i got my peggy yes last week yes i oh. saw that. i was like this man i was like so happy for you and this is why i do what i do is all i want is to motivate people inspire people and watch them create their success and create their best life and be able to go and buy the bike oh that they want God. that they've been looking at for nine their whole years life. This i've is been amazing. wanting the lambo of bikes and i got it last week and i got it with got money it. that i made from a business that i came up with in the back of my mind hole and started on an instagram october 13th 2017 because an amazing person stared into my soul and said just fucking do it that's it Mark just Jimmy. do Jimmy. it tim i usually ask the people that come on the podcast my god if they have any other words. I almost wanted to cut it there and just let the podcast <laughs> episode end. Just do it. Boom. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you had to leave the people, you left them with oh, so yeah. much already. You guys, all. listen to this episode multiple times. All. Please go back and listen, rewind, and reach out to Tim. Whether you are a new grad, not a new grad, you're thinking about bike, you're, you, you need help personally Anything with cycling say. stuff, or just you want yeah. more inspiration, Reach out to Tim at SoCal Bike PT. But before they do that, do you have any last words you want to leave the people with, my dear? I knew you were going to ask this question because I listened to every episode of Maestro on the Mic <laughs> and I wrote down exactly this. So you're listening. Stop what you're doing and listen right now. All those excuses and limitations that you put on yourself, I'm going to tell you this one thing and it's not some blowing smoke. I have lived every single essence of this statement. The only limitations to you creating and truly living the life that you've always dreamed of, those limitations are only in your mind. You have created them and that's it. It's not a money. It's not a time. It's not an education. It's not an opportunity or a resource or luck or any of that bullshit. I've had no money. No opportunity, the lack of resources, lack of support, lack of vision. I've had all of it. But then when you get your mind right, you go out there and execute, and all of a sudden it starts to work. That's it. Replay that every time you're sitting there and thinking you're hopeless, and I want it to drive you forward. The end. Boom. Boom. My God. Tim, that's it. We dropping the mic. Just it. That's it. Thank you. Thank you. 
thank you. I'm not saying anything else. I'm not asking for anything else. I'm saying thank you. You guys listening to this, I'm saying thank you. Until next time, friends. Dr. Tim Wu, a.k.a. SoCal Bike PT and maestro 